So the first reading is taken from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7, and it's found on page 1170 of the Bibles, Church Bibles. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the word of the Lord. second reading is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and beginning at verse 15, and that is on page 1027 in the Church Bibles. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had seen. Sorry, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Lord, help us see this morning what the shepherds saw and the wonder of your coming to us and drawing them and others into the presence of God that we may know peace with God, that we may be at home with God. And for this we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. I love the film and the story of Oliver Twist where this little boy, who himself is an orphan in a way, is treated appallingly, but suddenly all comes together when he's taken into a home, and how that home makes such a difference to him. I've been very moved as well over Christmas by the NSPCC advert that is about children and some of the hard lives that children lead, even within our own parish, some of the homes they're in, some of the difficulties they face, and how sometimes children have to be taken away from what should be the caring environment and placed in another environment. And in a way, 
children then become adopted. And I've spoken recently to some people who are looking at adopting children. It's quite a lengthy process to adopt a child and requires a lot of stamina. It requires a great deal of soul searching as well. And of course, rightly so, because as the Bible teaches us, children are precious and Jesus himself welcomed children. And therefore, it's important that they find themselves in the right place. And one lady herself has adopted two children uh, who has a busy life in a way, but knows this is what she's been called to do. At the heart of our passage today that we're looking at in Galatians 4 on page 1170, this is the statement that we get from it. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as God's children. God, it seems, did not have to use this concept of adoption to explain how he saved us, or even how we become part of his family. He could have stayed simply with John's language, the language of new birth, the way that all children are described by coming to God in John 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. But it seems that God in his word chose to speak of us as adopted, as well as being children with new birth. We're distracted by a child, it's fine, don't worry, really. He's okay at the moment. It won't work. <laughs> well done, Megan. He chose to speak to us about adoption as well as being children of new birth, we're thinking. And in this passage, we discover that adoption was seriously planned by God. For in Ephesians 1, we read, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love, he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us, the beloved. Adoption in God's mind wasn't a plan B. He predestined us for adoption before the creation of the world. Plan A was not lots of children who never sin and never need to be redeemed. Plan A was we were created in love, redeemed through sacrifice, so the full range of God's glory and mercy and his amazing grace could be known by each one of us as his adopted children. Adoption was not second best. It was planned from the very beginning. God wanted you to be in his family. But adoption was costly back to Galatians. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as his children. We know that to redeem means to obtain or to set free by paying a price there is a cost involved. And what was that price that God paid for our liberation and that we should become family members with him? 
In the previous chapter of Galatians, we find out in 13 of chapter 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. The people I was speaking with about adoption realized that there were huge costs in adopting children. Some are financial. Some are emotional. There are costs in time and stress for the rest of your lives. You never stop being a parent until you die. And there is something very deep and right about the embrace of this cost, the cost for the life of caring, growing, nurturing a child. It was costly for God to make us his children, as we remember this morning in broken bread and poured out wine, as we remember a babe born for you and me, and as we look from the wood of the manger to the wood of the cross, there we see the full measure of God's devotion, his desire for us to be his family. So adoption was planned. Adoption was very costly to God. But adoption was blessed. It was blessed with God's pouring out a spirit of sonship. And because you are children, Galatians tells us, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. As Paul writes in Romans, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness that our spirit with our spirit, that we are children of God. God does not leave us in the conditions of aliens when he adopts us. He does not leave us with any feelings of acceptance and love. Rather, he pours his spirit into our hearts to give us the experience of being embraced in his family. And what, are, what is remarkable about these two texts of Romans and Galatians is the term Abba, it's an Aramaic word. Why then does Paul use it? Why does he use it in these two letters written in Greek when he's throwing in suddenly an Aramaic word? And the answer is that it was the way Jesus spoke to his father. And in spite of the fact that virtually no one in Jewish culture referred to God with this endearing word, Abba, Dada, it simply stunned the disciples that this is how Jesus spoke to his father. And it seems the disciples held on to it as a precious remnant of the very voice of Jesus in the very language that he spoke in. And in Mark 14, when Jesus is about to face the cross, when he's in Gethsemane, he prays, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Therefore, in adopting us, God gives us the very spirit of his son and grants us to feel the affections of belonging to the very family of God. It isn't just about a law. It isn't just about the word. It is about a heartfelt knowledge for each of us that God not only planned adoption, God not only paid the cost of adoption, 
but God wanted us to feel part of his family by pouring his spirit into our hearts that gives us the word, Daddy, Abba. And adoption brought us the rights of being heirs, finally. Galatians 4, 6 to 7. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, saying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave but a child, and if a child, then also an heir through God. And it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit, Paul writes in Romans 8, that we are children of God. And if we are children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. In Galatians 4, verse 7, it's written we are heirs through God. And in Romans, it's written that we are heirs of God. And in Galatians, the context is the promise of Abraham through God. That is, by his sending his son to redeem us, we too are heirs of Abraham's. That promise given to Abraham's that the descendants, his descendants would outnumber the grains of sand on the shore. But in Romans, the context is that we, with Christ, are heirs of all that God has. And God simply has everything to give you every spiritual blessing in Christ because you belong to him. And from this set reading for today in the Church of England lectionary, following the birth of the Savior Jesus Christ, we discover what is at the very heart of the gospel, that we are adopted into the family of God through the love of God sending his one and only son. This is what we remember at Christmas time. And the challenge to us all is to live our lives from knowing we are welcomed. I don't know if you remember that scene in Oliver where he suddenly wakes up in a comfy bed with a pillow, with breakfast, and the whole feeling is different. He's taken out of darkness, literally, and put into the light of a loving, precious home. The NSPCC are working now social services, in all kinds of ways. But God is leading the way in this. You may not have come from a difficult background. Some of you may have done. But all of us have come as sons, of daughter, sons and daughters of Adam and Eve from a place of rebellion against God. And in spite of that rebellion, in spite of that refusal of God, God still wants you and me. And the challenge to us all is to live our lives from knowing that we are welcomed, knowing that we are loved, knowing that we are precious to God, as precious as his children. How do we know this? Because he planned it, because he paid the cost, because he pours his spirit into us to make it real. And he shares all that he has with us in that all that belongs to Christ. Imagine that. All that belongs to Christ is yours. May we know the blessing of this gospel truth. Father God, I wonder how I managed to exist 
without the knowledge of your parenthood and your loving care. For now, I am your child. I'm adopted into your family. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift in Christ. Amen. We sing, Father God, I wonder, which is number 92, 92.